World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, everyone. Well, not everyone. It's like, oh, man, I should find out what percentage of the planet listens to this show. I get about 1,200 per. 1,200 is what percent of 7.5 billion? Enter. Google, will you tell me this? Ah, no, it won't. Uh, I don't want to do that math. It's probably like 0.00001% or something very small like that. Anyway, well, it's not everyone is my point. I wonder if anyone in space listens to this. I mean, it's statistically unlikely. They probably just get like a a pre-determined set of like podcasts to listen to up there and like movies and stuff. Like, ah, here you go. You get uh, the past five years of This American Life. We'll send that up to the International Space Station. Uh, I wonder if they get the internet up there. I mean, it would be slow, but like, it's mostly in space already. I don't know. Regardless, well, they do have some connection to Earth, but that might just be... No, they do get the internet up there because that one guy uploaded all those YouTube videos of him playing the guitar and floating around and being goofy. So, uh, space has YouTube, is the point. Oh, man, what is this show about? It's a, it's the Creepypasta show. I have guests on, and what we do is, before the show, we have read a Creepypasta... Uh, or listened to it on YouTube or the No Sleep Podcast. We've consumed some short horror story in some way. And then on the show, we recap that story and discuss it uh, as if it is fine literature. Because even the lowest culture is uh, fine literature, really, if you think about it. Or if you don't think about it. Uh <laughs> Like, you can have a serious literary discussion about Jeff the Killer, uh, just the same as you can have a serious literary discussion about uh, Murakami's IQ84, I, uh, what is the name of that book? I don't know, don't answer me, don't at me. <laughs> Yeah, 1Q84. Uh, that's the name of that book. I haven't read it. Anyway, uh, it's, I've read so many creepypastas. I can't read a book to save my life. I can't remember the last time I, like, picked up a book and read it. I can't even get through, like, audiobooks anymore. Cause I'm like, oh, when is this gonna be over? The stand is, like, 47 hours long. I got halfway through and was like, mm, never mind. I've always picked the longer ones because I want to get more value for that audible credit. Anyway, oh, I got sidetracked again. I'm going to introduce my guests now. Oh, you know, I didn't leave space last episode for an ad. I guess that means I won't leave space this episode for an ad. Take that, other podcasts. You guys should send me an ad for Stranger Still, and I can add it to my rotation of ads that I put in this show. I can add you it. You mean us? Yeah. Nick and John Vegan from <laughs> Stranger Still <laughs> Podcast? Oh, no, no, you've broken, <laughs> you broken the format. That's, uh, that voice you're hearing right now is uh, returning from last week, John Vegan. Hello. 
And the other voice that you may have heard, if you have a keen ear, is other Stranger Still host also returning for his third episode. Please welcome Nick Wood. Hi, everyone. Or as I think I calculated, uh, 0.9 10 times negative 10... I think is the percent of <laughs> what you said earlier. That's a super small number. Thank you for <laughs> running that of like point nine. What? Oh, to yeah. the negative ten. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I got your back. Okay. Uh, so we have a story. It's also brought to us by Nick, but we're going to make John uh, recap it for us because that's how we do. <laughs> uh, it's called Drinking Games. It's from the No Sleep Podcast. This is another one I listened to, read to me by the host of the No Sleep Podcast, whose name I can't remember. Thanks, guy. Remind me I got criticism on him, but I'll get to it later. <laughs> I <laughs> I generally like the style because he's almost got like a like a Rod Serling crossed with Sven Gulli type of like vibe where he's like, yeah. Ooh, I'm the spooky podcast host. And <laughs> I'll I, just I find that very pleasant. I'll just give my criticism now then, because uh, I've listened to a lot of his stuff, and I think he's good, except sometimes he'll use, like, teenager slang, and coming from him, it does not sound right. It just, like, takes me out of the story entirely. Uh, like, in this story, can we swear on this podcast? Oh, yeah. Okay, because so in this story, he's like, who's the fucking man? And he sounds like he's 45 years old, but it's <laughs> something an 18-year-old person is saying in the story. Yeah, yeah, it's very, uh, it is very strange because he has like a gravelly dad voice, but a lot of these stories are from the point of view of like 14 year olds or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is, uh, both, uh, a mistake and also a charming feature. (laughs) Bug or feature, we'll never know. Right. Uh, John, why don't you walk us through this story? Cool. So I'm actually, uh, I took my own notes. Because I had uh, some issues with this one. Let's say. <laughs> uh, but Nick took notes about what actually happened. So I'm reading his. So he's got some bullet points for me. And you guys can help me if I get stuck. extrapolate because I just shorthanded it. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. We're good. I'm going to get this done. <laughs> so basically, uh, there is a boy n- named Joe. Uh, and- it's told by Steve. Okay. But it was Joe's <laughs> 18th birthday, Nicholas. Yes. So <laughs> Steve, <coughs> like I said originally in the first time correctly... Uh, <laughs> goes up to a cabin. Does it say cabin? Yeah. That's where he went. It was Joe's birthday. And uh, Steve and Joe and all of his little buddies that are up there who are unnamed in the beginning of the story <laughs> yeah. decide that uh, they are going to get drunk as drunk. So they have four uh, crates of beer, which I've written down right here, two cases of vodka, uh-huh. among other things. So they'll grab one, they start piling into the room. Um, so while they're in there, they uh, <laughs> they notice that the fridge is like got this weird, gross turquoise mold in it. Yeah, and they start getting all grossed out by that, and they're like, "We're gonna make the best of it. Let's put beers outside." Uh-huh. Um, and he goes on to this long tangent about how they're in a warm room with cold fridge, but they don't use nature. Yeah, enjoy like, nature. It's, it's a weird juxtaposition that like we would put something cold in a warm room when we could just use it outside. It feels weird. Yeah. Yep. So they continue to drink. 
Um, the, eventually, Steve's compelled to go to his father's room, and he finds a gun. So they say, "Oh, let's play Russian roulette." Immediately, that's just that's the decision. We're going to put this down. We're going to get get going on this. Yeah, it's uh-huh. like it's uh-huh. spooky. It's almost as if they were taken over by some like otherworldly force, but that's never really addressed. They're never like, right. "Oh yeah, a ghost made us do it." It's just sort of. <laughs> it sort of has that vibe, like, "Oh, something weird happened here." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, they just start right away. They, they spin the gun. Um, and Joe goes first. He, no, it's, who is it? It's not, uh, this is like the first time they name oh, people. Oh, oh. Um, yeah, they all have extremely generic, like, Anglican names. Joe, <laughs> J- Joe, Jim, Rick, Steve, and Trent. Yeah. And they aren't named until they start pointing the guns at themselves. Mm-hmm. Like so, go. yeah. So the first dude goes, Pull the trigger, nothing happens. And they just go around in the circle on and on until uh-huh. they get to Joe. Um, it do- Joe doesn't get shot, but then they point it to Steve. Yeah, Joe points it at Steve and, like, I can't tell if he feign pulls the trigger or if he actually pulled the trigger. Because it says he, yeah, he doesn't get shot, um, but this he gets so startled that he runs to the bathroom and pukes. And while he's in there, I know he uh, heard a gunshot. So he comes out and he sees Joe's brains all splattered all over the wall. Yeah, in a very graphically picture. Um, Yeah, I think the implication based on what happens through the rest of the story is that uh, he was shot by Joe at that point. Um, Yeah, like it was. It's it's left ambiguous, but like he immediately gets up and goes and barfs. um, Yeah, and so at that point, I was like, I think he got shot yeah it's kind of predictable at that point and i think you're right except from steven's point of view nothing happens like he doesn't actually get shot yeah from his point of view he just sees uh nothing happen and then he gets up and goes and barfs yes yep so yeah joe ends up getting up from steve's perspective joe is still kicking it yeah he's like lets out this weird sigh and then gets up and walks outside and yells something yeah once he gets some uh, fresh air uh-huh. so he goes out there and uh he starts looking for joe's footprints because he, he didn't exactly see where you know which way he went and uh they lead over to a bloody puddle and then joe's just gone so uh yeah, they just by a fence like he he follows the footsteps up to a fence where there's a bloody pool oh yeah and there's just nothing so he's like, I don't know, he just disappeared. He just abducted or something. Yeah, so they, they start to immediately freak out. Um, they decide that they're going to tell their parents that... Uh, Joe's parents. Jo- they're going to tell Joe's parents that he just kind of wandered off, like drunk, and they didn't know what happened to him. Um, so they go and they decide to confront Joe's dad and tell him what's up, to which he replied, and I wrote down, because I thought he was the hero <laughs> of the story. Um Get out of my sight, you little pricks. Uh, so I thought that was nice because at that point I didn't care for anyone in the story. Yeah, they're all uh, very bad. Yeah. So, uh, then Steve decides to go to sleep to try to sleep this off. Um, but while he's in there, well, he's like, he spends like several days just like in a daze, moping around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's one where he's like trying to go to sleep. Or, oh, before he does that, he confronts his dad about the gun. So, like, he goes to his dad's office and, what does he say? I found him, basically, I found a magnum. Yeah, he's like, do you own a gun? And his dad's like, no. I wish you'd wake up and stop asking such stupid questions. And at that point, I was like, yeah, we're definitely in a Futurama situation here. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's it's a real, 
it's a real oh he was dreaming the whole time type of situation um uh, which i guess probably should have been apparent by the fact that joe like blew his head off and then got up and uh-huh. went for a stroll <laughs> see when i first read this i just thought that like yeah this is a creepy pasta that's just what happens in creepy pastas yeah i thought maybe um, the ghost that was making them play russian roulette was also <laughs> making them walk around with holes in their heads yeah um so yeah so it, it turns out that uh like his his dad hates guns so he's like no of course i don't have a gun i don't have a gun that's not my deal and then smash cut steve's in bed joe yeah steve's in bed uh and then joe shows up joe shows up in his bedroom with the gun with the gun next to him um so he slowly starts saying well, what the hell's going on and they start alluding to the fact that he's in a hospital bed he's got needles put in his arms and things yeah, like that like phantom pains yep so he opens his eyes after he hears his mom crying because he was distant, but it becomes clearer. And when he finally does, and the room's real bright, he sees that he is in the room. In the hospital room. In the hospital room. Um, and they say, you need to rest and uh-huh. chill and relax. And he tries to talk to realize he has no chin. Yeah, his chin's just his, gone. Just no jaw. And he looks over and he remembers that he may have been shot by. Well, he tries telling his mom that Joe shot him because Joe's in the room, yep. except he's missing his chin, so he can't say it. And his mom's like, all right, I got to take Graham home. It's okay. Joe's here. He's going to take good care of you. Um, and so, he starts like freaking out. And then the doctors give him a sedative. And as he falls over, he looks at Joe and Joe is smiling. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it ends. Hooray. Yeah. It ends with saying, he smiled. Yeah. And this is uh, this is a... Bright little happy story by uh, Edwin <laughs> Edwin Crow. You can find it at edwincrow.com. That's E-D-W-I-N-C-R-O-W-E.com. Uh, he writes a lot of stories. Um, and I wanted to give him a shout out because uh, we're probably going to tear his story apart a little bit here. And I feel yeah. bad. Um, well, I had an author yeah. reach out. He caught like someone commented on a story that they wrote. Um, uh-huh. and he, like, responded to the criticism, and I was like, hey, thank you for, like, not being super mad that we were very mean <laughs> about your story. Um, yeah. and then, like, I went to his website, and he had a whole post that was, um, his sort of, like, feelings about different, uh, people's, uh, responses to his stories so it's oh, like interesting. it's interesting yeah it's interesting to see authors who actually um seek out that sort of uh <laughs> well the sort of criticism we do which is like <laughs> dunking on creepypastas basically um right. which sometimes i feel bad about if it's not an anonymous story but at the same time i feel uh that art criticism is essential and this is not mm-hmm. a show for the people who wrote the stories <laughs> <laughs> that's very true and I'll say right off the bat that I feel like uh, Edwin Crow has a, a good chops for writing. He just kind of misses the point. So in this story, if if you go and read it, he gets really specific about random things, um, which is really good for um, like visual visualizing a story. Like it's something that Stephen King does really well, where um, like Stephen King will randomly start talking about a river and go on for four pages and then hop back into the story and it's it's brilliant and you feel really good about it um because he's just like really specific about what's going on and i feel like edwin tried that but then missed the mark on several key areas (laughs) yeah where there's a uh there's a point where he says uh i glanced at the couch uh yes it's coarse brown fibrous texture you can't literally 
who you can't use right three there. adjectives. Like, I just, oh I God. randomly looked at the webpage, and that <laughs> sentence was in the middle of it, and I'm like, here's a perfect example of too much detail. Yeah, yep. so I think, I mean, even just coarse-brown fibers would have been worlds better, but that's a lot. That's a mouthful. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I wrote, that was the first major criticism that I wrote down, mm-hmm. besides my favorite line of the entire thing, which he did very well. It's beer o'clock and I'm late for my meeting. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Uh, I feel like a lot of the dialogue in this story is uh, pretty solid. Yeah. Because, um, uh-huh. like, towards the. Oh, go ahead. Uh, well, it's just like a bunch of it is, is just sort of like random swearing because they're teenagers in a difficult mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. There was a part at the end, and this is kind of where I, I feel like his uh, sterile approach to the story kind of <laughs> shot himself in the foot. Um, where towards the end, the dialogue starts becoming things like, um, oh, where is it? Uh, we need to get a medical attention stat. Um, and what was the other one? Oh, geez. Yeah, everything from the, I, I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but everything from the point where the dream starts, uh, is a little wonky. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't think it's all intentional. Um, I don't think so either. Um, I think it would have been better, uh, that would have been a great point to be very specific. But yeah. too specific, like, almost to the point where it's like, um, instead of saying we need blah 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 stat like a soap opera, uh-huh. maybe say like uh, I need thirty milligrams of this. And, you know, like go into specifics <laughs> that, that way because then would, you'd just be more confused. Well, yeah, that would lead you towards the twist without beating you over the head with it, like they did with the dad. He's like, you need to wake up. Like yeah. if they started talking with medical jargon, and it turns out later that he's dreaming things that the doctors are saying, but his friends in the dream are saying it. I feel like that would have been more effective. Yeah. Well, we get a couple things like that like uh someone uh asking are you brain dead uh that that oh i didn't even realize that yeah, that's guess. a bit of foreshadowing i think and maybe the stat line even is too um and just we didn't pick up on it because it's it's mm. a little too subtle compared to the incredibly obvious later on <laughs> like you yeah. have to wake up fry <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I got a couple of more things. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, go for it. So the, another, another thing is when you're talking about the uh, the coarse brown fibrous texture of the couch, the other thing that line that got me. Oh yeah, was uh, his face contoured like Jim Carrey pulling a face. <laughs> oh, that's not that's not even the one that I was going to say. Um, and this kind of harkens back to what we talked about last week, but. Um, when he says, uh, the familiar smell conjuring up memories of my childhood, I glanced at the couch, mentally feeling its coarse brown fibrous texture on my fingertips, seeing, almost seeing a young me head hunched over a Game Boy trying to collect another golden coin for a plumber dressed in slacks. Just say Mario. And also he wears overalls, uh, not slacks. Not dress pants. (laughs) So... Yeah, uh, just too uh, a little off. I appreciate him going into that detail to try to like build an atmosphere. Well, that's like that's and I like the Jim Carrey reference. Yeah, because I know exactly what he meant. Yeah, yeah. but you can't use face twice. And also the fact that the character Jim pulled the Jim Carrey face was a little like (laughs) like, couldn't couldn't Graham have uh, have pulled a Jim Carrey face like in the mask, and that would be a fine sentence. Yeah. And then Liam said, I have a particular set of guns. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
like going back to the, the plumber line though, it's something that um, my creative writer writing teacher in college or college high school said is uh, if you can provide more details, do it instead of just like glancing over it. But this is kind of where it goes too far where it's like, okay, we get it. Okay, we get it. Okay, we get it. Okay, four times more and then the <laughs> sentence is done. Like the point of providing that detail is to paint the picture, but if you already have the picture, you don't need to paint it. Yeah. I, I always focus on being concise in all my communication, which I know is an unusual thing to say about this podcast where I go off on <laughs> very long rants and tangents, but I'm, I'm like careful about trying to say things in the clearest, briefest way that I can. Mm-hmm. Like getting specific enough that there's no ambiguity about what I'm saying, but also not using too many words. And I feel like this guy gets a little too specific and uses too many words in some mm-hmm. parts. Some parts are good, um, but there are just a couple parts where it's like, mm, you should have uh, gone over that again. <laughs> like when I write stories, my biggest problem is that my chapters are too short and my paragraphs are too short. And I end up having to go back and be like, mm, I should add in like a ton of detail. <laughs> and like every time yeah. I go back to us a, a long, I'm writing this longer story. I don't know if it's going to be a book or whatever, but uh, if you're on my Patreon, you can read the first four chapters right now. Um, <laughs> but like every, <laughs> time I open up the text document, the one, like, I'll read through what I have already to see where I am and be like, ooh, another paragraph could go here about uh, trying to establish this world. Um, and I feel like so many no-sleep writers have the exact opposite problem, where it's like, yeah. you just don't need this paragraph at all. <laughs> well, you've said it so many times, but it's so true, is that it's they're all one-draft stories, and if you gave it a, another, like, two reads... Two reads is all you need. It, it the story would be ten times better, but I don't know if it's just because these people um, view it as just like practicing their craft and they don't feel like it needs that that double check or or what. But um, so many of these stories would be so much better if they gave it that extra oomph. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's just sort of a. Um I guess a lot of people just write these for fun rather yeah. than uh, for profit or professional work. Um, well, I guess I can do the big reveal now. Um, our uh, episode 70, uh, which uh, <laughs> belonged to two weeks ago, but we published in August, um, was a story, <laughs> a story by past guest Cassie Rose um, that she wrote and we kept secret. And then she published on No Sleep uh, in January, six months after the episode went up um oh nice because uh, it was like a weird time travel story um oh cool see i even messaged you about that i was like what the heck is going on and you're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and like that that story like uh it's incredibly brief and there's like no bits of too much detail and part of what i really like about cassie as a writer is that she um takes notes incredibly well and she works very quickly and I feel Mm -hmm. like a bunch of these no sleep people don't seek out criticism and don't necessarily work quickly like Uh they'll take uh, I I imagine maybe this guy wrote this story in 
one to three sittings uh, and didn't do revisions and didn't send it to anybody before posting Uh it, which is fine, but the ultimate result is we have a bunch of things we're dissatisfied about with it. Yeah, Yeah. but the reason we are dissatisfied is because there's potential for us to be satisfied. Exactly. There's a lot in there that that does work. So one of the things I thought was cool and alluded to I use that word like 10 times. Do I sound cool yet? <laughs> How many more times? Do I sound cool? That's your favorite word. Yeah. Uh, Nick and I saw Get Out yesterday. Uh-huh. Well, I I'm gonna read to a, see that. A, it's incredible. I'm going to read a section. It, there's no spoilers in this section uh-huh. because it's a completely different story. But after you see it, you'll get it. So <laughs> I was past that point where I had lost all peripheral vision and it was like watching my life play on a cinema screen 20 feet in front of me. A couple more beers and tonight would have been another black spot in my long-term memory. Uh-huh. So you watch Get Out and then listen to that that sentence yeah. again it's it's, fair, it's a very a cool spooky little thing. concept and yeah, i think it works well in both scenarios yeah um it's a very it goes back to that potential yeah that's a very good paragraph that i just sort of it's it's lost amongst uh, a bunch of the other stuff yeah um but yeah that is that's a perfect description of what it feels like to be drunk uh, like, basically the first time I got very drunk, uh, 10 years ago now, uh, like the first weekend of college, um, someone was asking me to describe what it felt like while I was very drunk. And my description was, it feels like everything's already a memory. Um, yeah. And so this description here, rereading it, I'm like, yeah, it does sort of feel like you're detached from what's happening currently. Um, huh. Yeah, I don't I know. Be honest, it's it's like before. a it's like a good it's like a good description that belongs in yeah. a better story. <laughs> so here's my my last huge criticism. You said <laughs> I have just one more thing I have to say. absolutely. Oh, so uh, as far as them going into just being like, I'm going to grab this gun and we're going to play this game. Mm-hmm. I think everybody was too cool with it too quick. I th- I liked it. I understand you thought it felt like it added a, another layer to it, like there was a creepy, spooky ghost. Uh-huh. Um, but I felt like it could have been earned differently if they alluded to it. You like alluded. that? If they uh, <laughs> if they foreshadowed it earlier and they said, like, uh, I don't know. They if, had been watching like, Deer Hunter while they were... Yeah! Right or, there. like, they were like, what the hell are you doing? I'm not doing that. And one of the guys had to be convinced or something. Or you know? like, Everyone just smiled. I think the, here's the sentence was... They were just all down. I said everyone was game. Yeah, that's how he. What if what they if? didn't earn that? You know, they didn't earn the right to. <laughs> well, if it, some sort of detail there, because like if they were like earlier in the story, like some force came over us and we ate the rotten meat in the fridge, like yeah, then you would know that like there's something weird in this. House Someone got or... dared to eat the rotten meat and they were just being strange about it. Yeah, or um, because then later the reaction to the, him getting shot was like, oh my god, what do we do? Like uh-huh. you knew this was going to happen, right? How many and times you are going to go in a circle cool with it? Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Have- it's also like it almost feels like the detail of the mold on the meat is supposed to be an explanation. Like, oh, there's mold that's driving them crazy, <laughs> but it's not yeah. really. Like, it's just the no. reason that they don't use the fridge, and then that doesn't go anywhere either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's I almost feel like if you things. added another layer to it, where like uh, these guys met online and it was like a suicide <laughs> pact or like so- something yeah. that it kind of like set the expectation where. You- we know that we're going to do this or we're going to play this game anything or it's for money or, you know, something like that would have helped some sort of, um, 
just like if this guy had read like an article, like even a Wikipedia article about uh, groupthink or like mob mentality, I feel like he could have. Oh yeah, he could have written a, a convincing "they all go for it" paragraph, but instead yeah. it just ends up feeling uh, like an overwhelming supernatural force, which uh, worked for me. But I can definitely see why it would not work <laughs> for most readers. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, just so much potential. Edwin, yeah. keep keep crafting your craft and I think uh The only reason I, I have all these notes is because I was like, Oh, this it was like there's a lot there to work uh, with. Yeah. I, I I didn't really realize you had a website, so maybe I'll have to go check it out and see what his other work looks like. Yeah, links but, there's a link right at the bottom of the story. Yeah. Um Okay, let's get into spookiest parts. Uh, John, which part of this story, a, either a sentence or an aspect, is the spookiest to you? Well, I just felt like when he said it's bureau clock and it's coming from my meeting, <laughs> uh, you, lose, you lose a sense of time and you're kind of like, whoa, where's this going? <laughs> no, um, I think the cliche would be like to say when he smiled at the end. Uh -huh. I mm. think my scariest moment was... Um, Man, do you want to think about it? I don't want to think about it. You go back to me. All right. Nick, what's yours? Um, even though I don't, I thought it was too obvious. I still liked the, like the, you need to wake up things here and there. Mm. I, I, I wish it was more subtle, but I, I do think that that is kind of a spooky trope. So I would have to say that. Cool. Uh, I think for me, it's pretty much every time a character in the story, uh, does the trigger pull, I think the lead up to it, uh, and the click and the, um, breaking of that tension is really well done, uh, and really uh -huh. effective, um, because it's almost like they regret it. Um, there's, yeah. uh, it came, it came to a rest facing Rick. His face twitched as the neurons in his brain fired, telling him he was about to shoot a live firearm into his skull. He ignored the warning. That's like, See? that's so, that's like such a good sentence to build. Yeah. And it shows like the characters maybe aren't into it, but they're doing it anyway. And it's like, it's, it builds tension in a very good way that kind of got my blood pumping. <laughs> See, that's an example where stretching out the details works really well. Yeah, because it's all going to come down to that trigger pull, which is represented by one word, click. Uh, so, mm -hmm. you know it's coming, and so stretching out the time before it is like, oh, just get right on the end yeah, of the cliff yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> it's very effective. Yeah, I've got my moment. Go okay. for it. I had visions of one of my drunk friends falling face first into the flames. Oh, yeah. Full to the brim with alcohol, burning them to a crisp so quickly, it would be kinder to let them roast than to drag them out and extinguish them. Yeah, that, that was a really was messed up. Bar. That was just brutal. Uh, it yeah. sort of reminded me of one of the two good scenes in Prometheus, um, where I think Charlize Theron just blows up, uh, I don't know, some oh. character actor with a flamethrower. Yep, uh, I haven't seen it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that movie is worth watching for two scenes. Uh, that's one of them, and it's awesome. And the other is like this extended sequence of Nomi Rapace, um, like trying to escape a boogeyman monster, and she like has to use a machine to do surgery on herself. Um, and that whole thing <laughs> is like nasty and awesome and 
gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the rest of that movie is like boring and confusing. I had like 150 degree fever and I watched that on my iPhone. <laughs> that was a tripping like, experience. Oh my God. This is so good. Why is that guy melting into water? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe a movie with that cast felt so boring. Like it has Charlize Theron and Idris Elba in it and it's, they just do nothing. They're yeah. barely in the movie, and they don't get to do anything cool, except Charlize does use that flamethrower <laughs> on that guy. But Idris Elba doesn't do anything. I don't even... I don't even remember him in it. Yeah, he's <laughs> like the pilot. I love him. I think he like crashes a vehicle of some kind into a monster of some kind, maybe. I don't even really remember. And I watched that movie like in October. It's not even like it was a long time ago. Uh, and I'm afraid so Alien Covenant's gonna do the same thing it's got um uh danny mcbride in it and of like a bunch of other like unusual seeming actors that's um, weird uh, it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be the same disappointing thing he's gonna be my second favorite danny in that because when danny devito popped out of that guy's chest in the trailer <laughs> that's probably my favorite part yeah, yeah. it's a weird choice to just have danny devito without any like makeup or special effects be the Especially that this he's, time he just played himself yeah they just <laughs> keep it's, saying oh my god danny, danny DeVito is after us. <laughs> and then the uh, the title at the end transforms from Danny DeVito Covenant to Alien Covenant. Uh, I just thought that was a really strange producer choice. And when they broke the third wall and said, oh my god, it's Danny DeVito from the Mario Brothers movie, that was just... Yeah, like, that was why is that the first credit they go was, for, like, a no. hundred years in the future? <laughs> it's, like, not even accurate. That was Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. Th- yeah. Oh, I guess maybe like all media was destroyed for by the Wayland Yutani Corporation. Oh, isn't that when uh, Danny pops out and says old media was destroyed? (laughs) Yeah, he explains why. He's like, I wasn't actually in that movie. Uh, (laughs) I know all all DVDs were burned by by uh, the Wayland Corporation before they became Wayland Yutani. But uh, (laughs) you might remember me from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's like, "No, no, I don't." That's right before he steered the entire ship into the uh, sun. Yeah, and, and then uh, he opens his mouth. Guys, Phil, and he says, "It's always sunny in Phil." <laughs> and then he opens his mouth, and another smaller <laughs> Danny DeVito comes out on his tongue. <laughs> Good one, Danny. And it's all practical effects, which is a oh, nice choice. You gotta go with practical yeah. effects. <laughs> Uh, Just like a creepypasta. Anyway, that was a weird <laughs> tangent. Uh, but a necessary one. Absolutely. Um, so, let's get into the plugs. Hmm. You can go, John. StrangerStillShow.com. <laughs> go there. Go on iTunes, Stranger Still. Uh, we basically have podcasts where we talk about strange things. And we learn you some stuff. Yep. Uh, we get a little political here and there. Uh, but mostly it's about <laughs> facts and debunking things. Uh-huh. Uh, since last time John used most of his plug time to plug me, I'm going to say go check out John's music at jonathanbegin.com. It's J- I don't, don't want to spell it. Just Google it. Uh, he's got some good music. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say go to weaponizedlanguage.com, download my other shows, go to iTunes, and rate and review and subscribe to all of them, please. Um, and also, I will also tell you to listen to Strangers Still as someone who doesn't host it, because uh, it's, oh, it's nice to have a little, like, 20 to 30 minute um, educational podcast that isn't, like, dry, because so many podcasts where you learn things are very 
like dry and this one is full of puns as you like <laughs> the tone is pretty much the same as what we've had here except it's just Nick and John so it's uh-huh. sort of uh it's it's very pleasant go listen to it um it's it'll That's fill very nice of you oh absolutely i i'm <laughs> thank you so much i'm a listener so i, I it is pronounced John and Nick though so oh, oh yeah my bad first you got to go off of that first first or last name <laughs> Right, 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 the same either way. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> so that's gonna do it for this episode of Creepy Pasta Podcast. Creepy. Uh, I know it's because my head flopped over and I gazed directly into Joe's eyes. He smiled.